The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. Before we get started with today's episode of Bench with Bubba, let me tell you about one of our sponsors, Draft. If you love fantasy baseball, then you need to try our new favorite app called Draft. It's daily fantasy baseball, but not like the other guys. On Draft, you play live snake drafts with other people just like in your season-long league. Drafts last just for one night. Once you're done drafting, that's it. No trades, no waiver wire. Just set it and forget it. And the best part, you play for cold, hard cash and get paid out the next day. Drafts start from just $1, so there's a draft for everyone. Trust me, I love playing drafts. I play golf. I play NFL, basketball. You can play um, three. Uh, you can play head-to-head, three-man, six-man. There's, there's running leagues. You win one night. It keeps going for four, five, six nights. You can play a dream team. There's all kinds of great ways to play draft, and you can join me today. Just search draft in your app store or, or play right from your computer on draft.com. And when you enter promo code SD Sports. You got to enter the promo code SD Sports. You get a free entry into a real money baseball draft when you make your first deposit, but you have to use the promo code SD Sports. That's right. Playing a real money game for free just for using the promo code SD Sports when you make your first deposit. Just again, search draft in your app store or go to draft.com and enter the promo code SD Sports. Now to this week's edition of Benched with Bubba. Welcome back, everybody, to Benched with Bubba, episode 83. We have baseball, real baseball, not spring training baseball, but real baseball to talk about. And we're going to talk some more fantasy and how we kind of adjust from draft season to regular season. And I'm bringing on a special guest. He's been on the show before. You've heard him on probably every platform you can think of between Fangraphs, uh, uh, Friends with Fantasy Benefits, FNTSY Radio. He's on the sleeper on the bus on Fangraphs. Find him on Twitter at Justin Mason FWFB. Justin, how are we doing, man? I'm doing well. We have baseball, man. We we have real life baseball. I've watched home runs. I've seen people apparently get hurt. 
I've seen everything you need to see in a baseball season already, and we're only what? We're not even five hours in. Yeah, it's glorious. I've tweeted the word dong more times today than I have in a long time. So I'm I'm pretty pumped on the season. I can tweet it and no one questions me. It's beautiful. <laughs> and it's really awkward in December. Exactly. But, but right now it's acceptable. Yeah, so, no, totally get away with it right now. <laughs> for the next six months, if you follow me on Twitter, you'll see the word dong way more than you probably appreciate. And you definitely but, should. <laughs> but it, it's a good time. I love it. Um, yeah everything you said and before we get started and we'll talk about the tgfbi later for myself and some others that we talked to thank you for putting this on because um i I can't remember who i had on a podcast and we were talking about you and i basically said you are like the face the leader of the smaller people in the industry and we owe you a ton for what you're doing so thank you very much i appreciate that man it's been my pleasure yeah, it's been awesome. But uh, before we get into that, let's talk about some recent news. And um, one, I, I bet I bet you carry the bags for the fantasy wife at home so she doesn't get hurt. <laughs> but uh, you think, you know, if they paid Alcides Escobar enough money, they'd carry Salvador Perez's bags, but they don't. And he uh, sprained his MCL or tore his MCL. He's out four to six weeks. Big injury for the Royals, big injury for, for some fantasy teams. How are you approaching this? Because as a guy that knows you enough, you don't draft catchers. So, how do you approach it if you did have Salvi Perez? If I had Sal Perez, I don't I don't know what you can really do. There's no making up for it. Uh, you know, this is the hard part about when you do take a catcher high because I'm okay with taking one of the big three high, especially in a two-catcher format, or even a, a Sal Perez if, you know, you hear so many people talk about, oh, don't take catchers high, don't take catchers high, don't take catchers high. And while I prescribed that, that can mean they can be a bargain sometimes. You know, especially Sal Perez is in that in that middle tier. Um, if you lost him, I mean, unfortunately, what's out there on the waiver wire isn't going to be great. It's just going to be awful. Uh, you know, hopefully you've got like a Tucker Barnhart available, you know, a guy who's not going to kill you. Um, because I know this is supposed to be only like four to six weeks or 68 weeks. He's a catcher. He bends at the knee. He's a guy who has caught a lot of games you know, to the point where his knees got shredded up from carrying luggage. Um, he had just, uh, I think you're just in a really tough spot. Uh, I, I hate going after the guys that are going to potentially give you negative value. So for me, I look for, like I said, the Tucker Barnhart's of the world, the Robinson Chineros is of the world. Kevin Pulowiecki has looked pretty good this spring and got the opening day start today. Uh, and came through uh, with with some nice uh, you know some nice work. Um, he might be a guy in deep two catcher leagues. It's still out there on the wire. Yeah, Ploiecki is an interesting name because he did have a big spring, and the fact he's starting over Darnot already out the gate is quite uh, quite telling. There's a lot of weird lineups today to keep an eye on going forward. That's just one thing I'll mention. Um, Nate Eovaldi. This is a guy that I know you had some shares of, and I picked up for a dollar in an auction the other night. I kind of, you know, velocity is back up. Took the year off last year due to injury. Twenty eight years old. Things looked great. He's already banged up. Already, uh, he's going to go undergo surgery six to eight weeks. What are we doing with him? Are we just giving up on him, um, or what, what's the plan? I think you have to give up on him unless you have unlimited DL spots because. If you've only got even even just five DL spots, you know, I'm already in tout wars. I already have five guys on my DL. Like that's like we're not even a day into the season. And 
I've got DL spots just getting filled up with the amount of injuries that happened kind of early this year. Uh, and I just don't know how you're going to be able to roster him, um, you know, for the next two months. And he really doesn't have that kind of upside. And he has a huge amount of downside even when he comes back. So uh, for me, it's uh, unless you've got an empty DL, it's cut bait. And if your DL fills up with him on it, uh, go ahead and cut bait on him first. Yeah, it's definitely going to be interesting to see how that pans out with um, with him and when he comes back. And Because it's just, yeah, not a good sign. Let's talk about another injury, which is not a good sign, because I was high on Mark Melanson coming into the season going, okay, you know, all reports are great. People are saying good things. And then they started slow playing him. And, no, he's not hurt, but we're not going to use him a lot. Well, now he's on the DL. And uh, the muscle injury still isn't completely healed. What are we doing here? Sam Dyson, the guy, or Strickland getting the call? What's your plans on this one? I, I mean, it depends on if you're talking short or long term. So short term, I think Dyson is the guy with occasional saves for uh, Tony Watson. Um, but Dyson has looked absolutely atrocious this spring. I don't think he'll necessarily have a long leash. Hunter Strickland has always had amazing skills. Even when he struggled, he's actually put up really, really good numbers across the board. I think it's a matter of time before uh, Strickland gets the role if Melanson's out for very long. So if you're in a shallower league, um, you go pick up Dyson. If you're in a a little bit of a deeper league, for me, Hunter Strickland is the play. Yeah, no, it, it's interesting because Strickland's always been that guy. You know, We're both Giants fans, and we've been high on the Strickland idea at the closer and for some reason – Maybe it's a mental thing because not all pitchers can handle it, but he just, you know, he's never been able to pull it off. And Dyson, he's, he's done it before. But I agree, the stuff-wise, if you want to qualify that, you know, the in-depth reporting there, Strickland's got the closing stuff. It's just a matter of getting it done. Now, this one shocked me, and I, I bet one of your co-hosts and co-workers and I believe co-owners of Fan- Friends of Fantasy Benefits has to be happy, I guess. Um, Greg Holland going to the uh, St. Louis Cardinals, which makes me very angry because I was all over Dominic Leone all year long. Mm-hmm. Uh, he gets $14 million for one year. What's your thoughts on this one? Um, I, no, Matt is actually not very happy at all because to, to get that one-year $14 million deal, the uh, Cardinals have to give up like the 34th overall pick. Um, and then also give up, I want to say it's a million dollars in bonus pool money or $500,000 in bonus pool money. Um, that's not what you want to do to give up for a year for a relief pitcher. So, no, Matt, it was not very happy. Plus, you know, something I mentioned, you know, when I was talking to him uh, in our staff chat was uh, they've already got a loaded bullpen. They they bought pieces uh, this year. Like you said, Dominic Leone, a guy I'm heavily invested in, too. Uh, you know, he's he was one of the guys I picked up late in Barf. Uh, the you mm-hmm. know the draft we had along yeah, with you, Mark Melanson. me on him, yes, <laughs> yeah. So I had him and Mark Melanson. So today was not necessarily a great day in terms of my Barf team either. Um, so but ultimately, uh, you know, obviously Holland's going to get the job at some point. I assume they will. You know, uh, you know, kind of warm him up a little bit either in lower leverage innings or uh, start him in the minors. Uh, you know, once you know, and let's let's not be too hasty either. 
he still has to pass the physical unless he did that while I was taking a nap earlier. Um, the, you know, and this is not a guy who has a long track record of health. I'm assuming it's one of the reasons why he didn't get very many long-term offers uh, this spring. Uh, so uh, he's a guy that easily could fail a physical because he's, you know, had Tommy John surgery before. It took him a long time to get back. He really struggled at the end of last season in Colorado. So that could be a sign of injury as well. So uh, if you've got Dominic Leon or you invested in someone else in that uh, Cardinals bullpen, do not drop them today. Wait. Um, We've seen this a number of times where guys, you know, we're like, oh, you know, this guy signed a deal. And then all of a sudden we saw this offseason with uh, Swung uh, uh, 1-0 signed a deal with the Texas Rangers. And then all of a sudden, He's not. He, he's now in. Uh, now in Toronto because he couldn't pass the physical. So, uh, just be be a little bit patient. No, and that's great advice because even if he passes the physical, they said he's been working out in Boris's camp and all that stuff, so he should be close to being ready. But hey, we know it's not going to be right away. Um, so just just be patient, and we've seen him screw up before. So uh, Leon or whoever else could get a role sooner than later. So completely agree with you there. Let's get into uh, some draft recap season. You may have been the busiest man in all of draft season. Um, <laughs> what was the final tally on teams you had? Uh, I have to actually, I'll, I'll sit down and do an article that I do every year called my uh, full disclosure article where I talk about like the number of players I've got in terms of like overall count per team and stuff like that. Um, kind of just recapping the guys I obviously was high as long as they ended up on the majority of my teams. Um, I think I'm at 17 leagues, so I was supposed to be in 18, but uh, it appears a league I was in with Spore uh, may have folded, so uh, 17 is the final count, I believe. My goodness, and if people haven't been following Justin for some ungodly reason, he he made his Tout War debut for his own team this year, and he he shocked many people, I won't say the world, but many people in his draft strategy, which is pretty genius when you really break it down. We won't go too in-depth on it here, but check out his – he recapped it on uh, his Friends of Fantasy Benefits spot. It's pretty good pitcher, heavy, heavy draft. But what I want to talk about is the Great Fantasy Baseball Invitational. Uh, You brought it together. What was the final tally? Is it 13 leagues? Yeah, 13 leagues of uh, 15 players each, so 195 uh, industry participants. Um, it's, it's been amazing. Like, you know, I know like people, you know, a lot of people, including yourself have kind of thanked me for doing it at the same time. It's one of those, like, I'm super grateful that it's been so well received. You know, when I first came up with this idea, uh, for me, it was one of those things where I was worried that, um, maybe I won't be able to get 45 people to do it. Um, I need to at least have three leagues for this to even be interesting. Um, and so to have 195 people in it and, you know, by the time the thing actually started drafting, I probably had another 50 or 60 who were like, oh, I wish I would have gotten in. And it's like, well, I'll get you next year. But, you know, their signups ended and they ended. So um, it's it's been overwhelming the just the, uh, you know, the enthusiasm over it. So uh, we'll see. We'll see how everybody's feeling after the end of this year. Um, but, uh, so far it appears like, uh, we may have some cool plans for it in the future. 
Nice. Very nice. As a whole, you know, it was a slow draft process. Some guys finished early. Some guys dragged it on as long as possible. <laughs> and some, some of it was due, you know, you had some guys in England, some in all over the country. Um, as a whole, how do you think the process went? Uh, not too many complaints, I'm hoping. Uh, we had two leagues that were really, really slow. Um, one was my league. And like you mentioned, we had, we had a guy in England and then a couple of us uh, who live out in California. So the time difference being about six hours really was, uh, or actually nine hours or eight hours. So it uh, was, pretty, was pretty difficult. Um, and we ended up finishing right before I left for Tout Wars, so right before St. Patrick's Day weekend, which all in all is actually not that bad. Like to get a 15-team league slow drafted uh, within you know two and a half weeks, that's totally fine. We had another league where we had just a one person who just was really, really slow, and that person will likely not be invited back for next year. Um, so it, you know, is what it is. Uh, but um, you know, for the most part, they they all went off, you know, without a hitch. We had, I think, we had at least two or three drafts that were done in less than two weeks, which to me is amazing. Yeah, that was wild. I was watching the time. I'm like, that must be nice. But uh, ours wasn't overall bad by any means. Um, let's talk about your team. You know, you've been busy with every other league. How do you feel yours turned out in this one? I have a lot of risk. <laughs> I'm, that seems you know, to be a theme with you, though. You like to take those risks on your teams. You know, I, I, I did something that I've done a number of times uh, in, uh, in in leagues this year. I had the number two pick. Got Jose Altuve. I'm not a. I was not a big fan of the kind of the the second tier of pitching, which I call it, and that's pretty much just a small grouping of Steven Strasburg, um, Noah Syndergaard. Uh, you know, kind of that area. You know, I, I love Severino, but I'm not taking him in the top. You know, 35. Uh, and so I went. You know, three hitters starting out. Um, Assuming by the time it got back to me in the fourth and fifth rounds, there'd be kind of that third tier of pitching available. And I was wrong. Uh, Everybody just went. And so I ended up just instead of reaching on a guy that maybe I wouldn't, I didn't love, uh, I just kept going hitting, grabbed Luis Castillo in the sixth round and then, uh, and then Godley in the seventh round. So, like, that's the start of my rotation, which could be great if Luis Castillo is everything that a lot of people believe he can be. Um, I'm I'm going to have a really nice team because I'll have that ace. Uh, the rest of my pitching is pretty decent. Um, and then I'll have just an amazing offense. But, like, the projection systems do not like my team because they don't project Castillo to take that step forward. And I'm – so, like, if you look, we uh, we have a doc – um, that you can find, I believe, on the uh, the Great Fantasy Baseball Invitational's uh, Twitter uh, that has the projected standings because my guys at Friends of Fantasy Benefits, uh, uh, Matt Adams, is just an amazing uh, guy when it comes to like those docs. Like I, I don't, he's doing the standings doc too, and like I, I don't is understand that, how is he that does Smata's it. real name? Yeah, yeah, that's that, that's okay. Smata. He's been amazing. Uh, yeah, I mean, dude is. Like, you know, we, we talk about steals and stuff like that in drafts. Like, you know, a guy who's, you know, fourth round talent fall into the seventh round. Like me picking up Smata in the industry has been, and like, I know that's not how I'm supposed to pronounce it. I can never remember how I was supposed to pronounce the, um, but I mean, he's been an absolute steal for friends of fantasy benefits. He is 
Um, probably one of those guys that's going to outgrow us really quickly, and that'll be unfortunate when it happens. But he's been absolutely fantastic. No, he's been awesome, and I, I, I keep meaning to reach out to him that I don't think I'm smart enough to understand all those little tabs he has going oh, on. It's, thing, but it's, it's, amazing. it's amazing. Like I, I don't like – like I, I can work a, a Google Sheet uh, and a spreadsheet pretty well, but like the things that he did with that thing to be able to yeah. like do uh, like live tracking of uh, <laughs> of uh, of the projections into the standings. I mean, there's like 45 tabs in that doc, and they yeah. all intersync. And um, I was I was a- absolutely impressed. Uh, uh, so, but like my, my team's at the bottom, like <laughs> my team is like, like 184th or something like that in projected standing. So, um, if I finish near the top half, I'll be, I'll be pretty happy for me. It's, it's mostly, I, this has brought the industry together. Um, and that is, uh, it's been pretty amazing experience watching that happen. No, it's been awesome. And, um, you, you hinted at something. If you can't talk about it, I totally understand but what are your plans for the future? Like, how many leagues do you want it to go to? What's your What's your big vision here? Well, I, I definitely, uh, you know, I, I I made this originally, or came up with this idea originally, um, you know, because I was a newer guy in the industry. People had no idea who I was. I was never, at least in my mind, I never was going to get invited to Tat Wars or Labor. Um, you know, uh, you know, amazingly, you know, I was invited to Tat Wars this year. Uh, you know, just it, it, it was a complete shock to me that that would ever actually happen. Uh, and so, like, I wanted something that could give me a shot at some of these big names in the industry because I never thought I would be one. And I, but I wanted to prove that I could beat these guys. Um, and I've been invited to a lot of these smaller, you know, industry leagues, you know, through sites and things like that. But let's be honest, for the most part, nobody cares about those things, um, you know, after you write up your draft or something like that. Mm-hmm. So... Uh, for me, this was an idea of, you know, to give myself and other people like me exposure. And now that I've, you know, gotten exposure through other means, I didn't want to let this go. I wanted to give guys like yourself, you know, like Paul Martin, who has like a hundred followers on Twitter, you know, like Smata, like, uh, you know, like a lot of these guys who, you know, let's be honest, like there's going to be a ton of people in the industry that never get into hours or labor, you know, mm-hmm. um, that probably deserve to be over maybe some of the people that are in. Um, and so for them to have this opportunity to have a shot at these big boys and prove that they belong, I think is an amazing opportunity. No. And that's why I absolutely love it. Cause you know, I, I would love to someday say, yeah, I got to play in town wars or labor, but I'm not counting on that ever happening. There's people <laughs> that to me feel, I feel are way more qualified to do that and everything else. But so Oh, the chance is awesome. So to actually answer your question <laughs> um, uh, in terms of the future, uh, you know, I'm hoping that this stays as inclusive as possible. You know, so if we have 300 people in it next year, we have 300 people in it next year. Um, I'm toying with the idea of having like two conferences. One conference would be a Roto League and one conference would be a points league, whether it be head to head. Um, or, or just a overall points uh, league. Uh, so we'll kind of figure that out as we go. Um, you know, there's been talk that people want to see a championship bracket, um, which I think would be a really interesting idea. Uh, but we'll, we'll see. I, I, I don't know. You know, you, you want to make it as 
even playing field as possible because there's an overall. So if you stick the best 15 players together, are you really getting a, a good grasp of who the best is overall? Um, because I don't want this to be a two-year thing. I want this to be a you know forever thing. Um, and uh, I think you'll see who the, who the, who the real champs are and, and the best fantasy players over the course of time. And last question on this is I know it's only year one and you have some plans for the future. Uh, you know how labor's in you know the West Coast in Arizona and touts in New York. Is there ever kind of a vision where you have maybe two, three, four regions of live drafts? I mean, I, I would love to be in labor. Be awesome. If Steve Gardner ever wants to put me in, I, I'll be more than happy to accept. Um, you know, it's tout wars is super exclusive, but labor is too. Labor has less leagues than tout wars. You know, it only has the the, the mixed online draft and the two uh, mono leagues. So, you know, as opposed to the five leagues for tout and, you know, the 13 leagues for the invitational, uh, it, you know, it's a difficult thing to get into. I hope that one day I, I prove myself worthy um, because I think that would be a really cool opportunity. But, uh, you know, I'm also grateful for what I have because, uh, let's be honest, I skipped over a bunch of people to get into <laughs> Tout Wars uh, because, uh, you know, of certain things that I do in the industry and people that I know, um, you know. And so, like, I don't want to be greedy, like, too, where I you know, try to strong arm myself in. It's just, yeah. you know, I'll get there when I get there. You didn't jump over anybody. You worked your ass off to get there, so don't I appreciate that. that. We take this brief break from Bench with Bubba to talk to you about RotoWare. It's one of the best quality shirts in the industry. When I mean industry, all the clothing industry, the fantasy sports industry, because people are rocking it. They're loving it. You're seeing it in a lot of big outlets now. The no other brand can compete with RotoWare in terms of quality. They're premium blend fabric, super soft, comfortable, athletic fit shirts. They specialize with a special, special printing process. The design is part of the shirt. Literally, it is, it is dyed and bleached into the fabric. No thick ink. There's over 30 different designs right now. It's just crazy, all the stuff they have coming out. And there's more and more stu- stuff every time you turn your head. They have fancy football, baseball, hockey, basketball, some really cool DFS ones. But everything's great. They have men's, women's, and kids. Check them all out. Go to rotoware.com, R-O-T-O-W-E-A-R.com. Check them out on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, at Rotoware. But the cool part, guys... If you use the promo code DGENS, D-E-G-E-N-S, you get 20% off your order. Again, promo code DGENS, D-E-G-E-N-S. Check their site out. Check them Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. They're always giving away free shirts. And then when you go to purchase the ones you want for you, your loved ones, your friends, your family, whatever, use promo code DGENS, D-E-G-E-N-S, for 20% off your order. Now back to this week's episode of Bench with Bubba. Let's talk barf. For those that don't know, it's the Bay Area Roto Fantasy League. I believe I got that correct. Um Year three of baseball, year one for myself. We started football last year. Of course, Justin's in charge of this too, unlike like many other things. Um, we took place this last weekend at Todd's Bar, the rec room in San Francisco. Pretty awesome time as always. Took a little longer than expected. I've heard some people kind of not too happy about that, but hey, who cares? That's the way I see it. Um, what's your initial thoughts on how the draft went as a whole, except for the time thing? Uh, you know, it's, it's always a fun time. I... You know, I mean, the one thing like we talked about with Tout Wars, uh, you know, and, and bar, this applies to Barf too, is it's a party. Like, don't get me wrong, like it's draft, there's business yeah. to be like that needs to happen and things like that. But at the end of the day, like you're hanging out with a lot of really cool dudes. 
Um, and, and Barf is no different. Love, love hanging out with you. You know, Howard Bender, you know, is not only um, my boss at Fantasy Alarm, but uh, just a really good dude. I love Sammy and Doug. Uh, amazing guys. Lore, again, you know, my co-host over on the Towers Hour on Fantasy Sports Network. He's an amazing dude. Ray Flowers, really, really cool. Like, um, like, like these guys aren't just uh, like acts, you know, or, or people you hear or read. Like, they, you know, they're really fun, awesome people to hang out with. And so being able to have an afternoon um, where we sit sit down and draft and like bullshit. Cause I don't have a home league anymore. Like I don't have yeah. like that, uh, you know, that league with your buddies uh, because people either don't want to play with me or, you know, not as many people don't have uh, uh, play baseball as football. So um, it, it's really awesome to have that home league and be able to trash talk and, you know, Howard Bender throws elbows and, you know, Sammy tells me to F off and, um, you know, it's, uh, uh, it's a really cool experience. And, you know, we, like I said, it's the third year we've done it. Um, it's been a lot of fun. Again, another thing that's been really, uh, truly embraced, uh, by, by the participants and a lot of people followed online. Uh, and, uh, you know, if next year, um, or if you're into football, you know, feel free to drop by when you're doing it. Um, you can you can follow the league on uh, on Twitter at Barf League. Uh, we tweet out a lot of stuff from there throughout the year. Uh, and I'm the reigning champ, so like I, I've got to I, I I gotta back it up. <laughs> I was I was I was wondering if we're gonna get to that because we heard all about it over and over and over again this past Saturday. Mm-hmm. But um, I heard it was wire to wire. I think you said a few times. Couldn't remember that part. Yeah, yeah. You know, it was one of those. Like, and don't get me wrong, like, I put together a a really awesome team. I was also super lucky, like, you know, like, I did not, in a year where a lot of people were really hurt by the DL, uh, new DL, uh, I didn't suffer many major injuries, Um, you know, I dropped a lot of my, you know, you know, kind of bust picks early for guys who had breakout seasons like Alex Wood, um, you know, and so, like, and in, I almost gave it up too. I got complacent, you know, in the second half and didn't maybe check it as closely as I could. And I had a, you know, 20 something point lead most of the year and then it evaporated and I ended up winning by three, I think. Uh, but yeah, I led from like the second week in April all the way until the last day of the season. Uh, so, which is a pretty cool feat, especially in a league with uh, such high quality players. Yeah, definitely a high quality pool. And I'll never let you guys forget it. Oh yeah, I've already figured that much out. Um, <laughs> let's uh, uh, let's talk about your team. And you you were fun because you went with everybody that listens to you. Kind of knows by by now when you know you do enough podcasts, write enough stuff, people kind of know your guys. You you really just that's just the way it's going to go. To me, tell me if I'm wrong. You deviated quite a bit on this draft. Am I wrong? Uh, you know, usually this draft happens in February. Um, you know, we try to avoid a lot of the other big industry drafts, uh, and um, but Sammy Reed got married this year in February. Uh, you know, Sammy. yeah, right. What a dick ruins everything. Yep. <laughs> but Selfish. Exactly. Uh, so the only time we could really do it um, was the weekend before the start of the season, um, which was great. Except for for me, it was the time in which I went, oh my God, I have 17 links and I don't have certain shares of players. Yeah. And so this draft for me 
aside from wanting to repeat and, you know, and defend my title, I really wanted to get shares of players that I hadn't gotten a lot of shares of. So uh, there definitely are a couple guys that are like, you know, flag players for me. Um, you know, Alex Wood uh, is, is on my team. Uh, Dominic Leone pouring out for him is on my team. Uh, but then, you know, guys like Gary Sanchez, um, you know, Nolan Arenado, who was my first pick. Usually I would take Trey Turner um, over Arenado, but I've got a lot of shares of Turner and I had no shares of Arenado. I was like, well, let's mix this up a little bit, um, you know. And so uh, I definitely wanted to get some guys, Sean Manaya, another guy like that. I find either like that are studs and I didn't have them or, or intriguing. And I wanted at least one share. Yeah, no doubt about that. You um, pretty much put a stranglehold on the stolen base department with, uh, you got Bradley's number. That's one of your boys, but then you got Billy Hamilton, D Gordon, so on and so forth. Even, even Ian Desmond will steal quite a bit. What was your thought process there? Um, I'm always a guy like draft for value. Uh, and, like, don't get me wrong. Like, I know D. Gordon's value takes a hit. I know, especially Billy Hamilton's value takes a hit in an on-base percentage league, uh, like uh, like Barf is. But to see them fall to the points that they were at, I was just like, they're too good a value to pop up. And if I can build a lead in the hardest category to actually accumulate uh, statistics, I can easily move these guys. Um, I'm pretty sure in this league last year or the year before I moved Billy Hamilton, uh, for like a top five pitcher, like it, like on draft day, everybody freaks out over OBP. I need to get OBP. I need to get OBP. Um, which I think is overrated to begin with in OBP leagues. I think people just go a little bit crazy. Um, but like it then gets thrown out the window completely two months in. Um, and so uh, I don't think I'll have any problem moving uh, a guy like Hamilton or a guy like D Gordon. Uh, that's not a big issue for me. And while it's harder sometimes to find batting average, I don't think it's that hard to find OBP uh, because there, there's so many of those, you know, Lucas Duda types that'll fly around the, uh, the waiver wire that are actually uh, pretty decent OBP guys. So I, I'm not too worried. The projections do not like my team at all. <laughs> um, and I can understand why it's not a balanced roster, but it's also a 13 team league. Uh, I can make a lot of maneuvers in season. I'm an active trader. This league has had a number of trades uh, in it previously. So um, it's not like people are just going to hold on to their guys. So my, my team will not look the same by the time we get to the end of the season as it does now. And you made a good point there about uh, if you have all those steals, you Steals you can trade real easily, so you could mm-hmm. you can you can lock up the steals crown by the end of July and and trade people away. Uh, let's go to just overall draft season talk real quick. Let's um, you mentioned you're in 17 drafts, so that means you obviously drafted a boatload of players. Um, who are some of the top pitchers and hitters that you have a lot of stakes in, a lot of shares? Oh, um, I got a lot of Robbie Ray shares in, in the pitchers. Um, you know, I, uh, I, I was a big fan of Robbie Ray to begin with before the, uh, before the humidor talk and before that got finalized. And, um, I, I don't know what the overall effect's going to be, but even if it helps him keep the ball in the yard a little bit, that should really help quell a lot of his issues. Uh, you know, th- there may be some regression next year, but that that's okay. Um, it, you know, he, you don't need him to put up you know, a, a two ERA again, he, he puts up a three ERA and 
all those strikeouts. He's going to be well worth the price. I'm a big Alex Wood guy. Uh, you know, a lot of people are afraid of the kind of the second half swoon we saw with him. Uh, but this was a guy who, because of injury, had not pitched in a lot of innings prior uh, to last season. Uh, and he got tired. I think that is reasonable to expect. You got to think he's going to be less tired this year. And if and if he isn't, well, if I get a great half season out of him, fine. That's that's totally cool. I'll, I'll, I'll cut him and take on the next guy. Uh, you know, I think sometimes people draft thinking, well, this is my team forever. Well, unless you're in a best ball league or an NFBC draft at home, um, this is not your team forever. Like you can cut these guys if they if they go south. Like. Don't worry about it. It's it's not not that big of an issue. Um, you know, in, in the hitting side, uh, Bradley Zimmer's always my dude. Um, you know, people have probably heard. I, I watched him play in college in San Francisco, uh, at USF in San Francisco. You know, I was I was always the high man when he was coming up through the minors. Uh, I think this guy has the ability to be a 2040 guy at some point in his career is not going to be this year. And the batting average is always going to be hit or miss. Um, but in an OBP format, you know, like barf, like he walks he, and, you know, he's had double digit walk rates all throughout the minor leagues. Um, and he just, you know, I, I devalue bad batting average to begin with. So a lot of, uh, a lot of shares of Bradley Zimmer, a lot of shares of T Gordon. Uh, I think a lot of people, uh, don't like the rabbit types, uh, but you know D. Gordon is not like Billy Hamilton in which he's only a one category producer. This guy, you know, can hit for average, scores a ton of runs, um, and then you know just steals bases left and right. I mean, if it wasn't for that suspension a couple seasons ago, he would have had you know at least like 58, 60 stolen bases in like every season for the last like four or five years. So uh, a lot of shares of D. Gordon as well. What uh, what are some of the pitchers and hitters that somehow through 17 leagues you you didn't get that you wanted or didn't get enough of that you wanted? Oh man, that, that's a hard question because I'm sure there are um, I'm sure there are a ton of guys. Well, like uh, you didn't get Chris Stratton in the bar league, so that's pretty pretty bad. So well, that's the thing. Like you know, you start hyping a guy and. Um, you know, like here's like the difference between like where I was a year ago and where I am today is people actually listen to my stuff and read, <laughs> like read read what I write, um, you know, and they like they take it seriously, which is you know amazing for me in the industry because you know it actually means like the people who pay me to do this stuff are getting some value, um, but it sucks. Like like I can't tell you how many times I didn't get Chris Stratton in the Invitational too. I figured, oh, this is a guy I can sneak in in the, like the last couple rounds, like, and he went in like the nineteenth round. You know, some dudes like, sorry, Justin, you ain't getting him. Um, I've been listening to you hype him, so uh, yeah, Stratton's a guy. I got a lot of Stratton shares, so uh, you know, I probably don't need seventeen shares of Chris Stratton. Uh, you know, guys, I didn't get uh, that I would have really liked to. Um, I don't think I have any shares of Joey Votto this year. Uh, it's which is unfortunate because I love Joey Votto. Uh, yeah. I just you know, it was one of those you know things where I, I didn't have a lot of mid picks, and so I couldn't get him kind of the mid uh, section of the second round. Freddie Freeman, same thing. Um, I don't know that I have any shares of Freddie Freeman, and I think he's gonna have a monster year. Uh, in terms of pitchers, uh, Aaron Nola is a guy that I'm really high on. Uh, but the thing is, 
the industry is really high on him as well. And I just didn't end up with, I think, any shares of Aaron Noel. I, like, I have to double check of that, of course. But um, I really thought I'd end up with at least five or six shares of Aaron Nola, And I may have gotten one. Um, you know, Ozzy Albies is a guy, you know, that I was really high on coming into this uh, season. But the the hype train went out of control and got unreal. And so I have a lot fewer shares than I th- would have thought for a guy like uh, Ozzy Albies. Uh, Lance McCullers, uh, the only places I have Lance McCullers uh, is in Keeper Dynasty Leagues where I already had him. Uh, he just uh, was one of those guys that I always felt I could get a little bit later and just didn't pull the trigger in time. Uh, and that, that's unfortunate for me. Yeah, those are some big names that definitely were, one would say, industry darling. So it would be tough to grab them and, uh, when everybody else is all over them. Let's start going forward now. Drafts are behind us. Everyone wants to start attacking the waiver wires. I like to kind of sit and watch things happen because I'm a believer in the baseball card. And in Roto Leagues, you can kind of play that game. I don't wait all year, of course, but I don't panic early. How do you approach the waiver wire uh, early in the season? I'm very patient. Um, I I think the, the biggest thing people do uh, – you know, this is like Christmas, and like I'm sure you've heard this analogy. Like people are like, "Oh, it's it's opening day. It's like oh, getting to open your presents finally on Christmas." You know, there's those kids that like open up their presents and they get these new toys and they play with them so much and so ferociously that they break the things before New Year's. Like that's the same thing with baseball season. Like people like been waiting to open these presents all off season. You've drafted these teams, and then all of a sudden, like I, I get questions like a weekend like do i need to drop Corey kluber he's had two starts and he's been awful no you don't need to do that be patient if you if you're anything like me you put a ton of time and effort into your prep or you rely on guys like me who put a ton of time and effort in my prep you trust the process you know unless there's massive injuries unless there's demotions you know there's you know there definitely moves i'm going to make you know on fab this weekend and stuff like that uh, but that's because, you know, five guys got put on my DL or, um, you know, certain guys who I thought had a chance to make the team. You know, Dustin Fowler is one of those guys like in, in Barf, like he didn't make the squad, even though he probably should have. I'm probably going to have to cut him like, you know, those kind of things are uh, totally, you know, warranted. But like if you're cutting a top 10 pick or a top 15 pick this early in the season, it better be because of injury Um uh, for you to make that move. Otherwise, it was a really poor decision to draft that guy. True. Um, how do you approach like the next big thing, that the hot topic of the week? You know, last year some people jumped all over Justin Smoke. Some said there's no chance, and of course he blows up. But for every Justin Smoke, there's like ten guys that just fizzle out and do nothing, and you wasted fab money, or you dropped the guy that all of a sudden turned it around because you panicked. How do you approach those those big um, you know hot start guys? information is key. There, there are guys in this industry that will say, like, I don't listen to other podcasts or I don't read other people's work because I don't want to be influenced. Uh, I totally do. Like, I, I listen to as many podcasts. I listen to your podcast. I listen to Sammy Reed's podcast. Um, I listen to StatCast podcast. I listen to as many podcasts as I can. I read as much as I can because – I'm not perfect and I can evaluate talent fairly well, but like there are people who can do things that I can't do. And there are people who have inside information that I don't have. Um, 
And like, you know, I'm all over the giant stuff, but like if like there's things that are going on behind the scenes with Justin, Justin Smoke in Toronto, I may miss out on it if I'm not reading and listening to as much stuff as I can. Information is key to keep that edge. Like don't like, you know, be those people that uh, only will listen to one podcast. If you're only listening to one podcast, you're only hearing one voice. You know, one of the reasons why uh, at Friends of Fantasy Benefits, I've brought on so many writers and so many podcasters is I want to give so many different opinions and voices. So that way, when you go to your waiver wire and you see that Justin Smoke out there, maybe you did hear something from someone who lives in Toronto or writes in Toronto or covers the Blue Jays about the fact that Ju- uh, Justin Smoke had his you know father pass away a couple of years ago. It really distracted him. He's finally over it. He's making some swing changes. And that's this stuff may be sustainable. Um, you know, you broaden your horizons. Like, you know, uh, it just just make sure you're following as many people as you can. You're reading as much stuff as you can. Um, you know, and that's one of the things like people in the industry are like, like don't want to talk about because they feel like, oh, well, if I tell people to go search out other people, maybe they won't listen to me as much. Like, you know, if you're good at what you do, people are going to follow you too. So like, there's no problem like giving other people props and being being like Bubba's a good dude. You know, this morning tweeted out like, you know, you gotta be following Bubba on Twitter if you're playing DFS because like Bubba's like the Twitter feed like I go and look at first, like before I set my DFS lineups in the afternoon. Um, you know, I said the same thing about Sammy Reed, like another great dude in the industry. Like, um, you know, broaden your horizons, make sure you're getting as much information because that's how you get the edges. Uh, in, in fantasy. And I'm 100% with you. First off, thank you for the, the kind words today. But um, I list, I work out of my truck throughout the day. I listen to podcasts all day long. Mm-hmm. I subscribe to so many guys because I want to become like, there's information on this. There's things I want to know. I want to become better and pick up all the aspects of There's so much going on that you can't physically do while living a life also. It's just impossible. So um, with that being said, we're going to wrap things up here. What do you have coming up uh, in your busy schedule? Oh, man. Let's see. Uh, I'm writing at Fangrass, I think, four to five times a week. Uh, probably going to be writing at Fantasy Alarm about four to five times a week. I do two or three podcasts a week uh, on The Sleeper and the Bus with Paul Spore and Jason Collette. About two to three podcasts a week for Friends of Fantasy Benefits. Uh, you can hear me on the Tout Wars Hour on Sundays. We're really going to dig deep into the tout wars fab for all the leagues so uh, which is cool because there's different formats different uh size leagues and things like that so uh you can get that on demand if you can't listen sundays uh i think it's 11 to 1 uh p.m eastern 2 to 4 pacific uh or you can catch it on itunes or, or iHeartRadio stuff like that later on um and then i mean i'm gonna be doing a lot of stuff with the great fantasy baseball invitational i've got great fantasy baseball podcast uh, in which we are going to be uh, kind of, um, you know, originally I was going to have it like every other podcast where we really dive into topics and things like that. But um, I think the Invitational is uh, something that um, is supposed to be profiling writers and things like that in the industry. And so I think I may transition it more over into doing that. You know, we'll cover some recent events and things like that. But ultimately, I want to uh, uh, give guys in the industry you know, a chance to shine and a chance to show themselves. And so uh, we'll have to get you on there fairly soon. Um, so that way we can talk about all the stuff you do. Cause uh, especially like I said, with DFS, man, you kill it. 
so uh, definitely w- want to give the listeners over there, uh, um, you know, some of your insight too. Well, I appreciate that. Everybody follow Justin on Twitter at Justin Mason FWFP. That's for friends with fantasy benefits. As you mentioned, fan graphs, the works, um, I listen to all of his podcasts, so I hear Justin probably way more than I probably should hear any man's voice. But um, <laughs> there's a lot of great stuff, and he's a very good guy that will uh, help you whenever he has time in his busy, busy schedule. But, Justin, man, thanks for joining me. I really appreciate it. Anytime. All right, everybody. This is Bench with Bubba, episode 83. Catch you guys next time.